Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My future is 20 feet away, and I'm just ready to see his face. I'm so ready to be a wife. Let's just do it. I want to meet him. I'm so ready. I really just hope that she and I are attracted to one another. Please rise. Oh my god, I I met him before. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. It is 6.18 right now. I had already uh, scheduled my episode for uploading. I already recorded everything that I had to, um, but I'm scrolling through Twitter right now and I'm feeling compelled to just scrap my whole intro and talk about something. Um, as I'm looking through my timeline, I'm seeing that Kanye is in South Carolina. He is having a speech and he's doing something for his campaign. I haven't really been talking about him. I have been feeling really weird about discussing him and his actions. And I feel right now in this moment, very sad. I, I have not really kept up with a lot of what he's doing. I just know based on what I see on the internet, um, from my understanding, he announced that he was going to run for president. He went down or his people went down to Florida. And then what I thought is that that whole thing was scrapped. Then I'm finding out that he's doing a campaign rally speech in South Carolina. It seems highly unlikely that any of this is possible. Um, And, you know, like the conversations that are being had, I just don't think are necessary. I actually think it's like, it's just just unnecessary for practical reasons of, 
you know, he, I don't think he's going to be taking the vote away from anybody. You know, if we have to have this conversation, I don't think he's going to be taking the vote away from Biden. Frankly, I don't really think it matters because I think Trump is going to win anyway. Um, I don't think that the people who would really support him, first of all, I think they're all probably very young and not even able to vote honestly. Um, but here's a bigger conversation to be had. Like I said, I'm looking through and I am seeing people saying, oh my God, look at, you know, showing clips. Look at what he's saying. What are we watching? You know, this is such a joke, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, you know, whatever. Here's what is upsetting to me. It doesn't even matter that, like, I was a huge fan of his. And it doesn't even matter that, like, he was, you know, responsible for a great chunk of my enjoyment of music, my love of hip-hop. I think he's an incredible producer. I think he's very talented. I think I found, you know, in the beginning his confidence and cockiness to be very alluring, if you will, to be, you know, he gave me confidence just listening to his music. If I was feeling sad, like I would listen to his music and end up feeling better. Um, but now I can't do it. (laughs) And this isn't something to like make people feel bad. I'm just giving my opinion. I can't have any more conversations about Kanye until he is ready to do the work to work on his mental health, to take medication that he needs to be taking, and to actively work to be a better person. You know, I've heard him say a couple years ago, you know, I just take the meds you know, the meds that I should be taking every day, I take like one pill a week or one pill a month and, you know, it's fine. And I I don't want to take my medication and I get that, but I think it's hard for me to be upset with him anymore because this man is unwell, you guys, he's not well. And the more unfortunate thing is that like, who can we really blame for that? Because at the end of the day, he, you know, perhaps the only person who could give him consequences for his actions is Kim. Is that her responsibility? It really isn't. If she wants to stay married to this man, that is entirely her choice. I believe unfortunately that at some point it's going to become an issue with the children and their safety but that's a decision that Kim has to make she is married to him for better or for worse whatever you want to say about that you know she she made the choice to be married to him she's making the choice to continue to be married to him I don't think she's to blame for anything that he does If she wants to divorce him, that's something that she needs to make on a personal level. Secondly, I, have you guys seen the documentary 
Amy, about Amy Winehouse. It's an A24 documentary. It's incredible. And it really, when it came out, put a lot of perspective to, gave a lot of perspective to the media's role in gawking at people and making them seem like they're not human beings and like they're people to be lambasted and joked about and how much that contributed to continuing the cycle of, you know, drug and alcohol dependence on her end. And, you know, in respect to Kanye, I just think that it's like, it just makes me really sad. And there's a conversation to be had about consequences. And there's a conversation to be had about hitting rock bottom, right? When you are somebody like Kanye, who is very wealthy, who is very financially secure, coupled with his mental health issues that, you know, he's bipolar. These things are going to lead to delusions of grandeur on his part. The thought that you can do whatever you want, be whoever you want, that you're the greatest person in the world, the mania of it all. It, it just makes it very hard for me to be judgmental of him. And it's hard for me to, I just can't do it because I see this man who has no consequences. He's, it just, it just really makes me sad. And I don't think that he really knows what he's talking about. I don't think he knows what he's saying I think that he thinks that he is like, you know, saying these things and he's vibing with people and that people are taking what he says is like serious, but then also they're taking what he's saying as an absolute joke and there's really nothing that we can do about it except for to just not say anything at all. And, you know, there could be people in this camp that say enough I'm not going to allow you to continue to do like I'm not going to be part of this but he's just going to find more people to support him and to be yes men for him and to let him do whatever he wants he really doesn't need anybody if Kanye wanted to rent out Madison Square Garden and just rant and rave all day long he can afford to do it There's really nothing stopping him. He can make it happen. There's no reason for him to believe that the things that he's saying are unwell because he has the access and the power and the money to do anything he wants. And so I can't sit and watch somebody be manic, you know? (laughs) Like, I just... I can't do it. I don't think it's funny. And I don't think it's like even worth talking about because 
a lot of people are having this conversation about Kanye and how quote unquote crazy he is without talking about how actually, and I'm sorry to use his word, crazy he is. He's actually unwell. <laughs> and and to make a joke of it is not funny to me. I just, it makes me honestly like very sad to watch all of this and to see him trending for the reasons why he trends on social media. It just makes me very sad. And I don't want anybody to think that like I'm lecturing you and you're an asshole because I've done it too. I do it all the time. I have a podcast for God's sake. So where I talk about how people are, you know, like doing things that I think are funny. But in this case, like we know that this man has a diagnosed mental disorder and we know that he is not medicating himself and we know that he, you know, all of these things are very sad. I'm seeing apparently that he's saying things about North and how Kim forced him to have North. And like, imagine that. Imagine seeing that, you know, that isn't funny to me. You know, as, as, you know, what, you know, like, what, what can you even say? And so, well, I'm really trying not to chastise people. I'm just telling you my opinion on the situation. And maybe that will help people reconsider how they speak about him. I, you know, long story short, I don't think we should be talking about him at all. And I think, you know, he is very Trumpian in the way that, like, he is fueled by being provocative and saying things that will keep people's, his name on people's lips. And I, and so the best thing we can do is just ignore it. Like, I will admit when I first, you know, when Trump was first elected, probably the first year and a half, maybe even two years when he would say things on Twitter, I would, you know, retweet, comment, and be like, oh, fuck you, like, I can't believe you would say it, you know, and, and be in his comments, and, and saying this, that, and the third, but, like, what is that doing, other than, like, fueling his fire, his fire of megalomania, you know, like, and so, you know, just like, when we were kids, when a child would act up, and our parents or our teachers would say, just ignore him, that's exactly what I've, I'm going to be doing, you guys do whatever the hell you want. But for me, I just can't. <laughs> and I know that like, you know, I, I think people expect because of my other podcast for me to have all these opinions about Kanye because I used to have all these opinions about Kanye. But like, if I promise you guys, if I was still doing this Kardashian podcast, I would shut this whole thing down. Like, I, I couldn't do it. Um, so some food for thought. Again, <laughs> I really want to like just not rant and <laughs> talk about things that are more lighthearted and funny. I want to talk about how Ben Affleck got a new dog named Salsa, but you know what? That doesn't keep the lights on. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> what else can I talk about? In the other intro, I was talking about Ellen's um, BuzzFeed article and how former and current employees were um, 
discussing how awful the culture of the office was and how, you know, she's got this whole be kind campaign and that's sort of like the theme of the Ellen DeGeneres show, but behind the scenes, that's not really the case. And there's a history of racism. There's a history of just like shitty behavior on the the hands of the producers and the higher ups on the show and how, you know, even if people are not allowed to really talk to Ellen and it's really a lot of these things are happening on the hands of production that Ellen should have more say so in terms of like, it's her show. So really she should have, she should be managing more her, her producers and her production and making sure that the work environment is safe and inclusive to everybody and how that's not happening. And, you know, I think it's, you can, um, you can compare it to, to Lisa Vanderpump and, and what happened with, you know, the racist accusations. And I thought her, statement LVP's statement was absolutely vile and it completely passed the buck and it was completely like oh I'm not responsible and I love everybody and this should be you know like I love puppies and I'm not a racist and I'm not homophobic and um I don't know why I'm making Lisa sound like a chimney sweep so I'm gonna stop (laughs) And, and um I just you know it's like your name's, you're, if you're the namesake of any production that is happening, even though, like, yeah, of course, we, I don't expect Lisa to be in, um, you know, like, in conversations with the cast members, because they're not friends, but it's also like, are we gonna sit here and act like, like Lisa hadn't heard for years the things that Saucy and, and Kristen had been saying, like, come on. I think we would just stop and and I I thought she like really did not take any responsibility for the culture of the show I mean the fact of the matter is there's nothing you can't deny it like there's been this conversation that's been had about the show for years now the fact that it is very white mostly very hetero and you're in your show that is based around a restaurant that is in, you know, what's supposed to be one of the most LGBT friendly, open minded areas in the country or the world. So why are we talking about all these like pretty white people? And when there are gay people on the show, they're on there for like a season. If there's a black person on the show, they're on for like a season and then they're gone. It, you know, I I don't know. I just, I don't know you guys. <laughs> I, you know, we've all heard the conversation about Ellen. I think the whispers are getting louder and they're becoming yells. And I'm really like curious to see how Ellen, um, you know, how Ellen handles this and how she addresses the this situation because it's getting to the point where, like, when a big outlet like BuzzFeed does a whole write-up about how shitty 
<laughs> things are behind the scenes of your show, like, how do you not address that? How do you not address, you know, the other article that says that the people who are working on the in-studio production of the show were then basically let go and were left there to just, like, hang out without a tether when the quarantine, the pandemic happened, that she, you know, instead of using her usual camera crew, hired out a different company to film, you know, and do the film production end of, you know, that her in-home show. I, I'm really, really curious to see how or if she addresses all of it. I'm curious to see because, you know, I'm like super into social media and media. And so it's, you know, of course I know what's happening, but it's also like, do, does her main demographic know about this? Because they're going to, you know, like at some point the housewives in Ohio are going to find out about what's happening to their girl, with their girl, because of their girl. And I, I'm, I'm just really curious to see how she uh, handles this. What's something petty I can talk? Oh, okay. Um, it was announced that Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel uh, had a baby. She had a baby? A baby boy? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, not what. Am I surprised? No. I mean, we're in a pandemic. It's completely easy for her to just go on about her day, um, being pregnant, have a baby, and nobody would know. Because you know what? Would we Would we know if she... she Jessica Biel could have easily hidden a baby pandemic or not. Who's who's really watching for her? Does she still have that show on Amazon? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> and frankly, it's like, it, who cares? <laughs> so why did I even bring it up? <laughs> I don't even like Justin Timberlake. Uh, it's just funny to laugh about something. Anyway, you guys, um, <laughs> I'm going to let you go. I do really encourage you. I did. I dropped a um, Love After Lockup recap on Sunday. And I'm about to... Here's... After this, you're going to hear the recap I did about Married at First Sight with Amanda from the Imperfect Strangers podcast, which I would highly recommend that you guys listen to. Um, And she talks about, like, the premise of the show and all that and our recap. Um, But I really want you guys... I'm encouraging you guys to talk what no to watch (laughs) love after lockup and married at first sight like i said they're really easy to dive into because you don't have to know any of the history it's a brand new cast on both shows um married at first sight is on lifetime love after lockup is on we tv married at first sights on wednesdays love after lockups on fridays if you guys like um uh what was the name of the show? 90 Day Fiance. If you guys like 90 Day Fiance, I would highly recommend that you check the other two shows out. I think they're really good. They're highly entertaining. There's a lot of trash and it's a great time. Um, you know, we're getting kind of down to the wire on new shows coming out. So now's a good time as ever to expand your repertoire. Okay, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. 
catch you guys later in the week for 90 Day I'm Fiance. I'm so excited about Married at First Sight. It is finally back after a long, torturous few months. Um, join with me is Amanda from the Imperfect Strangers podcast to talk to me all about the premiere. Hi, Amanda. Hey there. How are you? Oh, I'm great. So <laughs> thank you so much for being on. I love your podcast. It's so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you about this because literally I only have my husband to talk to you about this and I'm pumped. I I've famously, I always say that like, there's like a triumvirate, like a trifecta of like mess reality shows. And that is married at first sight, 90 day fiance and love after lockup. They're all kind of like the same side of the coin for me. Although love after lockup is a little bit more it's extra <laughs> but married at first sight is such an interesting experiment for me as somebody speak talking to you you are somebody who's been married for quite some time like how does this does this like freak you out the idea of being married at first sight uh this fucking blows my mind can i or do you can i cuss here i i know i've heard it yes. <laughs> um yes it because I mean, I was a child bride. I was engaged at 23, married at 24. I've been with my husband now for 19 years. We met when I was 19. So this is so fucking scary to me because we dated for five years before we were married. And I felt like that was a really nice amount of time to like get to know somebody. And so the thought of just like entering into something so serious with like no prior knowledge of this person like I was watching you know the first um, episode and I thought oh my god like Bennett I mean I I would die if they paired me with Bennett (laughs) (laughs) I would be so upset I, I completely agree and yeah let's just get into it I think the first thing for me is I'm very particular about casting. Mm-hmm. And I felt like for the past few past past few seasons, they cast like hot people, which is an issue for me because when you cast good looking people, there's usually some sort of like ambition to be on TV. Yeah, and they're not like really into it for the actual experiment of the fa- of the situation. So this cast is very regular looking very normal looking people which is how I know that it's going to get really weird and really messy (laughs) yes I know I know well and I think the tricky thing too is like they're normal but like they're all they're all you got to admit they're all above average yes so I I wonder the same thing too and I was thinking that like I went back and started looking because since I just started with season nine I went back and looked people up to see like I felt like Iris was going to try to turn this into a thing. They all have. They've all they've all monetized yep. their time on the show. So then I'm like, then I start to, it loses the magic for me. Because then I'm like, well, who really is here for a relationship? Absolutely. You're totally right. Iris is very much like on. Very on for the camera. <laughs> she uh, was very extra. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely helps to... I mean, yeah, there has to be a balance of, like, when you walk down the aisle, you're not like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Here's my to... Fun box. <laughs> right? 
Um, but yeah, this I was loving. So this season we're in New Orleans. <clears throat> Another great thing about the show is that like unlike a 90 day fiance or like other typical reality shows, like you can hop in any season. Like it doesn't matter. There's no backstory to be had. Like you get it. You, you know, there's nothing that you need to know walking into the situation. So I let's just get through the cast right now. Okay. So we're going to start off with Amelia and Bennett. And I love <laughs> that they give everybody like a little title, a description of who these people yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> so we start with Bennett. He is 28. He is known as the romantic thespian. <laughs> Bennett is like a total theater nerd. He plays the saxophone. He's a pedicab driver. He does landscaping. He does... Other sorts of construction, which is a big red flag for me, because once you get past, like, three jobs, <laughs> I can just, like, okay, a lot of these are just hobbies and not actual things that you make money off of. Right. Well, and I love how, like, in the, um, like, in the kickoff special, I, somebody brought it up as, like, a major red flag, and she was like, but he has a master's in theater, and I was like, you just hit the nail on the head. He has a master's in theater like that's what you when your parents look at you and you're going to college and they're like we're actually going to pay for a degree where you can like get a job if you want to do that on the side go for it but yes problematic um he had a weird sort of growing up situation he used to talk to a lot of inanimate objects um <laughs> <laughs> namely a garbage can garbage that he named can. president <laughs> yes what what a choice. What a real choice. Bennett looks like he cries a lot and like he really <laughs> loves Vampire Weekend. Like he, he's got that like, you know, like grandpa sweater vibe. And listen, I'm going to be blunt. Like I'm black, you're a white. And when I see a man wearing Tevas, that's like, yes. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I was like, we were sitting there watching it and I was like, look at his shoes. Look at his shoes. He looks okay. He's he's deceiving because I think that he could be a very handsome guy if he like ditched the hipster grandpa glasses and like put on a nice normal outfit. He dresses like your dad in the 80s. Mhm. Mm and he looks like he smells bad. He thank you. He looks like <laughs> a very loose relationship with a hairbrush, yes. which is same for Amelia. Um there's not a lot of laundry happening on a very frequent basis. Like you would have to pay me to smell his, his sh sheets on his bed. Like I don't want any oh. part of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no. And the Tevas, I mean, oh. it, it was an interesting choice. He's like every guy that I dated when I first moved to New York and he lived in Bushwick and he had like <laughs> one ply toilet paper and <laughs> Just like a really dirty toilet. I just it, it just brought up a lot for me. A lot of yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. He he's paired with paired with Amelia, 27. She's known as known as a driven dreamer. She comes from a family where her mom was a doctor and her dad was a stay-at-home dad. So now she has just gotten her doctorate and she's hoping hoping to find a guy who wants to stay at home and raise the children. And this seems to be the only reason why they've been paired together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they are cut from the same cloth. Yeah. We got to start there. 
Yeah. Um, they are both like, I don't know. I was a theater nerd when I was in high school. So like, these are two of the kids that I would have probably hung out with in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're cut from the same cloth. And I thought the exact same thing because before, before I realized she was a doctor, I thought, or no, I'm sorry. Before I realized that she wanted to work and have her husband stay at home, I thought, oh, she's going to be so pissed. Like she just worked so hard for her doctorate. And now they're pairing her with this guy that like drives a pedicab. Right. And uh, but I think that I think that they're going to get along really well because they are the same brand of Looney Tunes and he could totally stay home and watch the kids. Yeah. I mean, we did see a montage of her like doing a tightrope walk. And she why do do hippies (laughs) like a slack line? (laughs) That is an excellent question. She also had a cycle. Yeah. It's another questionable hobby for me. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they definitely like have the same vibe. They definitely seem like, you know, Amelia's very familiar with the drum circle. Um, yeah. I knew even before she went dress shopping that she didn't shave, which is fine. I just, you know, I just knew what I was working with. Yeah. Um, so I... But I will say, as the episode went on, I I was getting more of Bennett's vibe, and I thought, like, maybe he's a little bit cooler than I'm giving him credit for. I could not believe he was dancing with the strippers. That shocked me. <laughs> that was so funny. He was loving it. He was loving it. He was drinking that Miller Lite. I mean, <laughs> I think that he might be a little bit more than, you know, what we're getting with this first episode, but I'm definitely here for him and for Amelia I've got hopes for them and we do see in the preview that when Amelia when they open the doors she has met him before which I'm very interested in yeah and I wonder if he knows her or if she just knows him yeah um which brings us to our second couple Karen and Miles Karen is 30 and is known as Miss Reservations (laughs) She has quite the story. Her last relationship was for a five-year-long relationship, and she found out that her ex had a baby while they were together. A nightmare. I, okay. You have, how do you hide that so well from your partner? I mean, was she not asking questions? Did they, like, what did that relationship look like that you could hide a whole ass kid? A whole kid. I, yeah, I, I need to know more details. Like, how old was the baby when she found out? Looking back, did she know, like, oh, that was weird. He was gone a lot. <laughs> Is this a long-distance baby mama that he was with? Like, was yeah. this, like, a work situation where he, like, you don't know, maybe, like, flies out to Atlanta every now and again. And, like, that's how he was able to hide it. Like, I need, I need to know the whole story. Yeah, I think that would definitely reveal a lot more about her character and who she is. Because from all, like, everything that I saw in that episode, she seems, like, pretty normal. Yeah. Like, well-adjusted, you know, professional. Like, she's got her shit together. So there's either, like, a major flaw where she just wasn't paying attention or he was just a real, like, magician and being able to hide a whole other family. Yeah, I I have a lot of questions about that. And I also have questions about her mother and her aunt. Yes. (laughs) The first episode is mostly like 
we meet the the couples or we meet the people and then we get the scenes of them telling like their various family or friends that they're going to be on the show and that they're going to be married in two weeks. So her mom, Kathy and aunt Joyce were pissed. Oh my God. You could, from the moment they sat down before she even said anything, could you see it on mom's face? Like I knew. Oh yeah. (laughs) Mom's not going to like this. Aunt Joyce went off for quite some time. (laughs) This was how she should not be doing it. It's a bad idea. Her poor friend Caroline was just like, oh my God. (laughs) She brought Caroline from World Support and Caroline did not say anything. She just sat there like eating her food. Like, (laughs) I get a free meal out of this. And I also wonder like when they do these sit downs with the family and friends, like what do they tell them? Like, how do you get them there? But that's the thing, like, because in some episodes, I feel like the family already knows, but like for mm-hmm. this one specifically, and um, who was the other one? There was somebody else whose mom definitely seemed shocked. I was surprised because I felt like from everything I had seen prior to this, that like they all had an inkling that they were going on. And this seemed like it blindsided her mom. Like, well, you said you were thinking about this, but then you never said anything else about it. And it was like truly out of left field. Oh, I loved it. They were so, so angry. <laughs> oh, and she was so uncomfortable. You could just see her, like, shrivel back up inside herself. <laughs> yeah, you could tell that she was like, oh, maybe this is not the best idea. And ooh, we find out later that that really escalates for her. <laughs> and I cannot wait to talk about it. But um, she's being paired with Miles, who is 26, known as Mr. Young and Ready. Um, he works in education. He has two degrees and gets has plans to get a third one. He seems kind of like he's trying to right the wrongs of his past, like his parents divorced when he was young. And but on the other side of that, like he's his grandparents have been married for like 55 years or something. So it's like he's really wanting to get to his grandparents hashtag relationship goals and like mm-hmm. He just seems very broken from the divorce. And as a child of divorce, I admittedly am like kind of insensitive about it. Like, just get over it. <laughs> but <laughs> I, like, so many of us have, have had to deal with this. I My parents got divorced when I was eight. So I just feel like, oh, okay, dude, like, I'm not marrying anybody because my parents got divorced. Like, that's not yeah. a good reason. No, I totally agree with you. I really like him, though. And... I feel that, like, out of everybody on this season, he felt, like, to me, the most serious about this. Yes. And, like, the most, like, willing to, like, kind of jump into it feet first. And so that really endeared me to him. And, well, I'm sure you, like, we'll talk about this here in a hot second. But, like, the 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 big bomb that went off, like, made me feel really bad for him because I'm really rooting for him. <laughs> I agree. Like, we get a lot of people on the show that are in the education field. Yeah. And I think that sort of, like, I, I like that because I think it gives them, like, a certain air of empathy and, like, they know how to communicate a little bit better, especially when the men come from education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. And I, you're right. Like, I think he had the most to offer. Like, he was very well educated. He was very nicely dressed. He was, like, a good-looking dude. He's so um, handsome. I was like, yes. Like, yeah. 
He he is like he is the the prize here. Like he is probably the one that everybody should want because he's it seems like he's got his stuff together the most. Oh, out of the men, a hundred percent. One hundred percent. And he looks like he likes to have a good time and like he's got a good group of friends and the whole thing. So they were paired for being hopeless romantics and they both want a faith centered marriage. I find that when people want the faith-centered marriages on this show, it goes one way or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm scared. I'm scared for him. For him specifically. Yes. But who else I'm scared for is Olivia. Who's oh, par- Olivia. <laughs> Olivia's 30 and she's known as Miss Sugar and Spice. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Like, I want to be the people who have to come up with these titles. Um, (laughs) She's a nurse practitioner. She said that she's really tired of being the third wheel. She is, like, quiet and kind of shy, but she also says that she likes to do Lil Wayne for karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) She's super close to her mom. Her mom had that, like, perfect gray hair that everybody, like, when I get older, I just, it's like the perfect shade. It looks super healthy. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. I, I, that was like literally my first thought when her mom walked in the door. I was like, oh, she got the good gray. Good gray. (laughs) Um, So when she tells her, like, she and her mom are very close. When she Mm -hmm. tells her, her mom, like, very calmly, not like Aunt Joyce, very calmly was like, (laughs) you know, I'm not quite sure about this, which makes Olivia start to cry. And that concerned me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, she comes off as like deeply insecure Mm -hmm. and she unfortunately gets paired with this absolute Tasmanian devil of a fuck boy monster named Brett. It's (laughs) Brett is that, is that dude that like, when you meet him at first, you're like, Oh, okay. Like he, he's kind of like loud and annoying and like, you're like, okay, but, you know, maybe that's just who he is. And then he gets drunk and you're like, oh, no, 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 nope. Yep. Fuck this guy. He definitely is into liquid courage, but like that courage is also like the worst kind of courage. It just like he's loud and he's brash and he thinks that he's really cool and that he's saying all the right things. But he's not reading the signals that like women aren't into him. And he thinks he's very hot. Mm-hmm. And he's he is he is average at best. And when he sat next to Henry's friend at the bachelor party, she was like the the look of disgust on her face and discomfort was just that that was that's all you need to know about him is just looking at her sad face. Yes. Like they're Olivia and Brett are both insecure, but in very different ways. Like Olivia needs somebody who's going to lift her up and make her feel special. And Brett is not going to do that for her. <laughs> no, <laughs> he is going to, I feel they've really set her up by pairing uh, her with him because this is going to just end in flames. It, truly like more than any other couple. Like I feel like the past few seasons they've, paired people and I've been like oh why did they do this like how did they not see that this man was a monster and that this woman actually wants love but it usually takes a few episodes to get there but like right off the bat I'm like oh Brett is like I don't even know how he made it past the first round of screening right yes like it doesn't make any sense no and they talk about like um 
you know, they're like, well, somebody might present in some way. And then we check their socials and try to get an idea of like who they're presenting themselves as online. I bet this dude is like at a bar, girls on his arm and every single Instagram picture. He's got it. It's just that's just who he is. And so I can't imagine that they didn't just do this for ratings. I agree. And I feel so bad for Olivia because of that. Ugh. So Brett is 35. He's known as a serial dater. He works in IT. And the, one of the first things he says is like how he likes to work out and how self-enrichment is a passion of his. Ugh. <laughs> so his story is that he was engaged five years ago and the girl cheated on him and in the five years that they broke up, since they broke up, he estimates he's dated around 45 women. Yes. That is a hell of a lot of women. Entirely and <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if maybe he was just like kind of a douchebag. And then after his fiance cheated on him, if like maybe that was the thing that like broke his stride and like made him feel really bad about himself. So he just kind of like doubled down hard into like bro culture And that's why he is who he is. He seems like he's not above, like, I grew up in the South, and he seems very much like he'll still go to, like, those bars that do, like, college football games and, like, hit on a 20-year-old girl. Yes. And, like, he really wouldn't be above still going to somebody's senior prom as their date. (laughs) (laughs) He's really gross. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could just see him standing there with like some sad 18 year old in her little corsage. He's like right. hot shit. <laughs> so oh, gross. God. It's terrible. Uh, when he tells his whole family and friends, his father, Stephen, is like a real ham. Oh, and it's like, does anybody else want to say what a problem this is? Like, I, this is a bad idea. Hello. Why do I have to be the only one saying this? Which I agree. But I think, or do we think that, does Father Stephen think this is a bad idea because Brett is a horrible person? Because that's the real problem? It, or I mean, like the experiment. It could be. Now, I when I saw his brothers, it appears that he is the baby. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. I'm sure that he probably has gotten a lot of passes in life for his behavior and for things that he does, like all chalked up to like, oh, he's just the baby. He's going to be crazy and do crazy things. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I think that's where he's getting away with it is that might just be like his M.O. or like who they've kind of made him out to be in the birth order. Mm-hmm. He also has a tinge of like nice guy where like – Obviously, he feels like he was wronged with his past engagement, mm-hmm. and he feels like the victim, which in a, w- a way he is, like, you know, getting cheated on never feels great. Yeah. But I also think that he thinks that he's a nicer guy than he is, and that always leads to, like, some sort of entitlement. hmm And, like, you know, like, I'm owed women, hot girls... Because I'm nice. Yes. Because I think I'm nice. And not he's because like, of that. He's like the guy, he's like the boyfriend that like does something that's totally like he should just be doing it anyways. And then he wants to come home and have you like give him all the head pats or whatever it is that he wants because he just like did the least most kindest thing. 
Right, right. And when you break up, it's like, I bet all 45 of those girls are crazy to him. Oh, my God. I hope they come out of the woodwork. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know which one of those think that they would actually claim to have dated him. Because I bet it's like (laughs) out of the 45. (laughs) I just have a lot of questions. Um, Let's move on to Amani and Woody. Mm Mm-hmm. Amani's 29. She's known as Miss Calm, Cool, and Collected. Um, she works for a nonprofit. And her backstory in terms of her relationship is that the last guy that she dated, she found out was married. Which, again, I've got a question. <laughs> uh, exactly. I know. I'm like, how, I, I guess I need to know more about what it's like to be young and single in New Orleans because it sounds like such a small town vibe. Like, Everybody knows everybody and like you've all seen each other or met each other or dated or know somebody who's dated. And so I feel like it's really hard to understand these stories where like these two women have had like major upsets in their relationship and didn't know about it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Right, because this is definitely something that could happen in New York, where it's like, if you're living in one neighborhood, you could definitely date somebody in Brooklyn or whatever, mm-hmm. and they would never know. But like, you're right, this seems like a much smaller town where people are much more like incestuous with who they date. So yeah, I, yeah I get how that happens. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so she's kind of like grew up a little bit faster. She's got younger siblings and like wasn't didn't really have the time to like hang out with her friends after school because she was, you know, raising her younger siblings. But she also like has a nice fun side to her. So she likes to dance, but she's also got her walls up. Understandably, because for, oh. last <laughs> for sure. I mean, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like when they she went to dinner with a couple of her girlfriends and she asked one of her married girlfriends like, oh, what should I know about being married? And the girl was like, watch a YouTube video. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, so we get Woody, who was... Four, four, eight, would we put him at? Like four, eight or four, nine? He He's looks like pocket-sized, for sure. <laughs> a true poly pocket. He's 30. He's Mr. Life of the Party. We find out that he's actually best friends with Miles. Yes. Fun. Um, he, I think, is a basketball coach for high school. And <laughs> he said... 
<laughs> Another huge red flag that he realized that he wanted to get married because early in their year he had gotten a promotion and he wanted somebody to like be happy for him, but then he realized that the only person he could tell was his mom. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That was that was your indicator that you thought you wanted to be married was just you could tell somebody and like celebrate a promotion. Okay. Cool. <laughs> this seems like a poor reason to want to completely change your life because he seems like a free bird, another fuckboy. Yes. Um, he says like his 20s, he mean, he said it, his 20s were spent being a fuckboy. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to note that his clip package was of him, <laughs> black and gold blazer with no shirt. <laughs> I fucking himself in the mirror making faces and hand gestures. I was just like, whoever, like whoever was producing this segment and was telling him like what to do. My God. Like nobody was doing him any favors. Like show me a day in your life, Woody. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go out on the field with no shirt on. With no shirt on. (laughs) And I'm going to put a blazer on with no shirt under it. I was getting, like, very serious, like, early 2000s Usher vibes. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a, a very, yeah, like, a very late-night R&B music video vibe to him. And you can tell, like, there's a lot of theatrics yeah. in the bedroom, but, like, not good ones. It's, like, there's just a lot, of, a lot happening. There's a lot of, like, mood setting and, <laughs> but, like... The, the scents don't go together. There's like a jasmine and then there's also a warm vanilla and then there's also <laughs> a one and it, it's just a lot. There's a music playlist happening for sure. Oh, and it's then, definitely like, got like D'Angelo. <laughs> there's there's yeah. no there's no like subtlety here. He's I think the only reason he's here is because he feels like he's getting older and this is the thing to do. I don't think he truly mm-hmm. wants to settle down. Uh, totally 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 and when we see he and miles go to dinner to tell their friends they're like no (laughs) Mm -hmm. miles sister is like i can see miles getting married but definitely not you not you at all i love that they just like and everybody agreed yeah one of them disagreed with her i know and he kind of sat at the end of the table like looking a little hurt yeah i was like the only thing that's hurting me right now is that oversized coat that you're wearing on your tiny body <laughs> can somebody get this man a booster seat like oh. <laughs> so. So uh, okay so our last couple is christina and henry christina's 30 and known as a princess bride she's never met her father she's a flight attendant and she says that she's single because she has spent her time investing in the wrong relationships, dating the same type of loser time and time again. I can relate to that. Um, <laughs> she cries when she admits that the only person who's ever bought her flowers was her grandfather. And just like how important and how great it would be if a guy that she was interested in ever bought her flowers. Well, Kara, let's take it one step further because she was very specific about the kind of flowers that she would like. I was thinking like that's really your that's your litmus test for a good relationship. Not roses, something more exotic. (laughs) 
And her clip package was equally psychotic to Woody's, which is her. They just had her standing by a tree, looking <laughs> at the ring finger, just staring down at it. <laughs> so bad. She's so boring. I could not. There is just nothing like there's just nothing interesting about her, period. Period. And same goes for Henry. But again, it, it was in a very different way. Yeah. Henry's 34. He's known as a reserve gentleman. He's a healthcare recruiter. And he feels like he thinks he's kind of awkward and doesn't really make eye contact with people. He used to be heavier. And he still has that kind of like mentality, mm-hmm. even though it's a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. He hasn't gotten more confident since then. Um, and his sort of like realization of wanting to be married is that he had to have heart surgery and I guess like being alone kind of clicked in him. Like, I really want to have a partner. Did Henry seem like a virgin to you? Uh, Henry seemed like a virgin. Henry still seemed like the fat kid who was insecure with like him. He, he's also very boring. I, they are going to be the most boring couple on this entire season I think I think so too because I think Christina's like boring in a way that she's just like a kind of a wet blanket yes Henry needs somebody who's gonna be fun and Christina doesn't look fun no Henry needs somebody who's like an extrovert somebody who's going to like take charge of like making their couple friends and going out and doing stuff together because I think that the two of them and there's nothing wrong, like, there's nothing wrong with, like, being a homebody and wanting to stay home. But I think that he wants more, and I think that she wants more, but they need a partner who's going to, like, be the impetus for that. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Christina kind of needs a kick in the pants. Yeah. And Henry just needs to, like, he needs a girl who's going to, like, take him out on the dance floor and, like, make him dance. Yes, yes. And he has those, like, two, I mean, he had those two beautiful girlfriends sitting with him at the bachelor party and Brett made that shitty comment about like, Oh, why didn't you guys ever hook up? And so I bet he's also like always in the friend zone. Like he's like, it wasn't he the guy in the kickoff special where she was like, Oh, if I want to go see a Taylor Swift concert, like he's going to go with me. Like he's that guy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think he probably has like a good personality. He just needs somebody to bring it out of him. A hundred percent. There, he's got a lot inside, whereas Christina, I don't think there's much in there. Christina just... Uh, and then, like, her whole... Let's talk about the uh, panic attack that she had at the bachelorette party. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, listen, oh, a stripper is not my idea of a good time. But, like, you can sit there and, like, people watch. You can sit there and, like, have a drink. I don't know. Just the whole, like, I feel more comfortable here in the backyard. Okay, sure. I hated that because... She was saying, like, oh, I have anxiety. And I was like, okay, well, let me try to be, like, empathetic towards that. But it's also, like, I don't – I'm I'm not an anxious person. But to me, anxiety does not mean you sit there and judge other people for having fun. That just uh, means that, like, you're not having fun. Bitch, you signed yourself up for a reality TV show. Like, <laughs> who, who, 
what were you anticipating this was going to be like? I, honestly. <laughs> right. And hello, this is your bachelorette party. Like, she's acting like, she's like, oh, I don't do this like these other girls do this. I'm like, no, they don't do it either. You're all getting married. That's why the strippers are here. Like, Correct. I feel like this is just like a Wednesday where you thought you were going to go to Bible study (laughs) and then some dude's like twerking on you in jeans. Girl, (laughs) come on. (laughs) Look a little. I I really like, she was not fun for me. No, absolutely not. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the try on the wedding dress and tux fitting segment. Just a little bit. Okay. Um, Olivia, again, like I said, seemed very insecure. She has a beautiful body, but, like, she tried on 70,000 dresses because she <laughs> didn't like her arms, and she didn't, like, you're, she's, like, a size four. And I get that. Like, everybody's got their issues, but I just felt, like, oh, I just felt for her. I felt so bad, and when she was, like, all I see here are my arms. I mean, how many times have you had that moment in a fitting room? Um, and I was really thankful. Was it the Was the blonde her sister? Um, no, I think it's her cousin. Okay. And she was just like, just try different dresses. Like, just keep going. And I think, like, trying on wedding dresses can be a daunting task anyways. And I think, you know, just having somebody there to encourage her. But, yeah, I felt really bad for her because I think she went into it, as she said, thinking that, like, oh, I'll just try on a couple and I'll find one and it'll be good. Um, yeah. So I definitely, like, that kind of came out as, like, ooh, maybe this is going to be something, like – for her maybe like sexually in her relationship where she's going to feel uncomfortable because she's like uncomfortable in her body or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's going to be great for Brett. He's going to love that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Another thing that stood out was Karen. She was really stressed out. Mm -hmm. Her mom and aunt and Caroline were there all there you tell like she tried on the first dress and like her mom doesn't help which like <sighs> I stand because you don't want your daughter to be doing this but it's also like if she's gonna do it then you you shouldn't be like oh do you feel like you know when you want to cry and you're yeah. trying to get inside and somebody's like are you upset and then you're just like <laughs> You're just, you're exacerbating the situation. It was really frustrating to watch. But it was. The dress that she ended up picking, which was the mom, one that her mom picked, was actually really pretty. Yeah, I did love her choice in the end overall. But like, I mean, as a mother, I can only imagine having my daughter come home and tell me, or my son's like, I'm going to marry a complete stranger in two weeks. And like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I could go into that fitting appointment and not be a complete bitch. I mean, <laughs> I, I this year, this is your like flesh and blood. Like you have poured so much time and energy into them, and now but, they're gonna go do this in front of like millions of people on TV. Like, what are you doing? That is completely fair. I'm coming from a position of one. My mom is like she could care less about if I ever get married. To she watches the show, so I think she would really be excited to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can understand from a more normal perspective how that might come off. You're completely right. <laughs> yeah, so like I totally felt for for I felt for Karen. Like I could see like if I ever did that, I mean my mom would have acted the exact same way, a hundred percent. So yeah. 
I really, uh, I really felt for her, but I was also like, what you are doing is crazy. So I totally see where your mom's coming from. <laughs> totally, totally fair. Um, the other person that I wanted to talk about was Bennett. Oh, Bennett. <laughs> I wanted to pair his tux with that, like, I went to Bali for 10 days and I got <sighs> this hat, like yes. red and gold elephant hat. <laughs> Sweetie. I mean, well... <laughs> Looking at the preview photos from what Amelia was wearing, I think that he probably could have wore the hat because she looked like she had a bird on her head. <laughs> yeah, and not in like the Carrie Bradshaw Sex in the City movie way, which is also crazy. This was like I got into a fight with a pigeon. Correct. I mean, <laughs> it was too much, too much, too much, too much. Um, but yeah, poor Bennett. I think that he like, he just... He's just really his authentic self. And I think that that's what really endears them to me is that it didn't seem like either of them really give two fucks about what other people think or how they're perceived. Like they're just here to show up and like be themselves. Yeah. I, I'm very interested in seeing them because they're very different from any couple that we've ever seen on the show. Yeah. They seem like they would have no interest doing a show like this, but also that they would be very interested. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it, I could see all couples like this. Yeah. It's a very interesting dynamic. And I wonder too, you know, he did make that comment while he was trying on the tuxes saying that like, it felt like a very like classist thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that he felt uncomfortable being dressed like that. So I also wonder, too, if this was just, like, a way for him to kind of, like, minimize how fancy he felt. Yeah. Yeah. He literally said, I don't want it to look like I'm part of the aristocracy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, it's just a tux, but okay. (laughs) Very, very cute. Uh, Okay. So... Let's get on to the bachelor bachelorette party. Okay. Amelia, when they go to the bar, says that she's really looking forward to a guy who can do math, like complicated math equation. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, okay, I, it makes sense coming out of her mouth, but also okay, and you could see the looks on everybody else's faces, like really, that's your. Okay. <laughs> I I love the juxtaposition of like, the women were clearly like weirded out by Amelia but I felt like the guys really took to Bennett they love Bennett loved him and they love that he didn't have a smartphone I mean it's it's amazing it they're like these little like I don't know like time travelers (laughs) (laughs) you don't belong in 2020 (laughs) I I just love that they found him so refreshing I love that Everybody took to him, and they all the guys immediately hated Brett. Yes. Oh my God. I Henry at one point be like, he's so terrible, or he's the worst, or something like that. At one point, Bennett was even like, oh, with Woody and Brett talking, he's like, I just blanked out, and I don't even think it mattered. I don't even think. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) oh my gosh Brett has the audacity to say that physical attraction is everything and that there's basically no point in getting married if he's not into her physically and the guys are like okay but like what if you talk to her and you guys have a really nice conversation like is that gonna factor in at all and he was basically like no No. (laughs) he's a monster 
No, I think that's his. I think he is so deeply insecure in himself. Yeah. And so if he is not walking around with a 10 on his arm, it is he's a narcissist. Let's just, let's just cut oh. to the chase. If he's oh. not walking around with somebody that's like a knockout, then it reflects poorly on him. Right. Right. Oh, he really frustrated me. And then when he, when the waitress came and he like winked at her and did little finger guns, I was like, I almost threw my phone at my TV. Like, I, <laughs> like, I cannot take this man. And then longer. like hands to the side of the face, like call me. Who does, who does that? Who that? Who were you, Al Bundy? Like, what? What He's was so that? Gross. He was so gross. And the more he drank, just the worse that he got. I And I think that, like, that's that's revealing, like, your true... That's your true self, right? Because your inhibitions are down. Yep. Yep. Ugh. It, uh, just ill. Ill. Cannot. I cannot. <laughs> um... We talked about this before. Bennett walked through the room of that house that they rented for the bachelorette bachelor party and was having the time of his life with those women who were like pussy popping on a handstand. He looked like he had peed his pants. Did you notice that? No, he did. Oh my god! Seemed like a drink spilled, but it spilled in like the worst possible way because it was right in the crotch, but also down the side of his leg. Hmm. It was really unfortunate. I mean, um, it could have just maybe been something else. I mean, that one woman with that obnoxiously long wig on that was like oh, orange and like pastel blue. Oh my gosh. Um, can we talk about Bennett's drag queen friend? Because I <gasps> love her. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so excited to see her walk on. And I, again, like you're, you're not even surprised because you're like, yes, that yes, he would have. <laughs> this friend show up to his bachelor party. It was amazing. I maybe I like Bennett. He just needs a new wardrobe and a new like regimen with his cleaning. Bennett really, needs his own episode of Queer Eye. Exactly. Exactly right. Like he just needs somebody to completely overhaul him, and I think he can take it from there. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a real job. Yeah. <laughs> If Anthony could teach you how to make one dish yes. with, like, artichokes or something. I mean, he's giving me some, like, Italian vibes. Like, put a little pomade in those curls. Like, get a little scruff on your face. I mean, I might even deal with the Goodwill sweater and matching collared shirt underneath and the and the Tevas. Um, yeah. It might be, like, this whole, like, late 90s kind of, I don't know. I I really like him. I, I agree. He is cute. Like, he just needs a leveling up. He does. He could use, like, I mean, while I think that he and Amelia would be good together, I mean, I bet, I don't know, none of the other girls in this season, I think, would, like, be tolerant or, like, into his, like, weirdness, his vibe. But he just, he needs somebody that, like, gets it, but then can also, like... Let me let me upgrade you, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so what else was it in the bachelor party? Yeah, the time where Brett was hitting on Henry's friend Kristen. Mm-mm. Awful, awful, Terrible. awful. 
Red ends up leaving in a pickup truck for some reason, but like, thank God. Right. That was weird too. I thought I was like, is he picking up drugs? Like, is somebody stopping to like drop something off? And then he got in the car and I was like, oh, he's just gone. He just left. And they usually will show like production trying to talk you out of it. So I thought that was weird. Yeah. They didn't show any of that. Um, So we end the episode and the couples are all going to the venue to get married and we know that the first couple to get married is Karen and Miles, but we don't see them get married. Um, we first see Karen at her house. She's in her bed, crying. Mm-hmm. Her friends come to, like, give her breakfast to the bed, but she's, like, clearly going through it. Um, you know, we find out. Then they get to the venue. She pulls production aside. I could not believe this. <laughs> I right. So, I don't think that I was supposed to find this out, but I got a text last night that said Miles's full name, and so obviously I went on the internet and figured out what I could about him. <laughs> I none of her friends or family know. I, I assume that like production accidentally sent this, or was it an accident? What do you that's, think? That's my question for you. I think that it was totally. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planned. I wouldn't be surprised. Because at that point, I mean, she's already having misgivings about this. Her mom is in her head. She is like, I have fucked up. But she's in this weird place where I'm sure she's going like, but this is for TV. This could be my big break. This is like maybe where maybe I can sell my own FabFitFun boxes. I could sell the diarrhea tea. And so she's like in this weird place of like, oh, marriage is really serious. And like, I'm doing this. Maybe this could be like for the rest of my life. But also... I might be making a fool out of myself on TV for all of these people to witness. And I just, I felt so much for her in that scene because I thought, honey, you can put this down at any time. Like you're an adult woman. You can, you can stop and like, nobody's going to be mad at you. Yeah. No, nobody's, certainly not Aunt Joyce. She's going to be very grateful. Um, Your mom might, like, I don't know, do something really, really nice for you. Right? <laughs> you might get a vacation out of this or something. Like, <laughs> I I, uh, I, felt so bad for both of them. 
because she was like, I went through all of his Instagram stories and he's too emotional. <laughs> I know. And then that, that did that make you feel like even more for him? I thought, oh my God, he's too emotional. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Hey, and then it's coupled with like them going panning over to him and his family and he's crying. <laughs> he's so happy. <laughs> he's so happy. He's so happy. And he thinks that this is like going to be the greatest moment. He's so excited. He's like crying with his sister. He's got the handkerchief that was given to him. And uh, he just, he looks so handsome and he's got his nice little burgundy tux suit on. And he's so excited. And I, <laughs> I felt bad for both of them so like equally because the producers are saying like, you know, it's your choice. It's, completely up to you whether you don't want to go through this and she's like I don't know if I can go through it but now it's like you really shouldn't because if you saw him and you weren't into it like you're first of all he's now at a disadvantage because Mm -hmm. you so much about him he knows nothing about you and then what if he what if like you give it a go and it still doesn't work and then he finds out that you actually knew about him this whole time. Yes. yes. I, would be, I would be really upset. Well, can you imagine, like, let's say they make it through the season, they decide to stay together, and then they sit down to watch the show together as a couple. How would you feel if you were him and all of a sudden you're looking at your partner like, are you kidding me right now? Right. Like, there's no good way to explain that because it's like okay if a guy saw me and he wasn't into me and decided to go like get married to me anyway I mean I maybe I could get over it if everything really really worked out but he would have to tell me at some point right like hey by the like maybe you get like six weeks into it or whatever like or maybe they're halfway through it and she decides to change her mind and at that point, you could be like, haha, isn't this funny? I found out that we <laughs> that we were going to be, or even on that first night, like, hey, I'm having some misgivings here, but I wanted to see this through, and I just want to be upfront with you and honest, like, because I'm sure he's feeling the same way, like, he might be excited, but I, I feel like all of them, like, unless they're complete psychopaths, there's, there's a, there's a heavy level of, like, this could be a really big mistake. I fully, fully agree. And I just feel so bad for him. I do too. And I, you know, out of all of the, out of all of the men here, she really, in my opinion, got the best one. Totally. And I wish somebody would be like, listen. I know. (laughs) Pull her aside and be like, actually, just let's hold on. (laughs) You might really want to give this a go. Okay. So. Let's just go one by one through our couples, and I'm going to gauge, like, out of five, tell me what you think their chance is going to be. Okay. A five is, like, yes, or five is... Yes. Okay. Five is good to go. One is not happening. Got it. Okay. So, Amelia and Bennett. Oh, I give them a five. Really? Yes. I think think that they are going to flourish. I wonder if Bennett is going to be intimidated by her ambition I wonder if like if there's gonna be some sort of like latent machismo that 
like I just wonder if that might ever come up. If it doesn't, then I have high hopes for them. I'm gonna give them like a three and a half. Okay. Oof. <laughs> Not great. Well, I um, just I think that like he can get in, he can flourish. Like if they do have a family, like he could be a dad, but he could still pursue all of his weird hobbies. Yeah, and- he, he now got like a whole audience for his like you know improv. Yeah. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Karen and Miles. Ugh. I mean, not knowing what happens next, I would hope so. I would say they're going to start off Rocky and she's going to be kind of like distant from him, but I think that she's going to come around. And so I would say probably, I would probably give them like a, I would give them a three and a half. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say the same. I think it's really gonna be dependent on her attitude. Yes, a hundred percent. Olivia and Brett. Ugh, no, she's gonna try so hard, and he is going to he's gonna be like Matt from season nine. He's mm-hmm. gonna like try a little bit, but then he's gonna go do something. He's gonna fuck it up. She's gonna cry, and it's just gonna be over. Yeah, they're gonna go to. Did you watch Love Is Blind on Netflix? Did I watch that? Um, I don't think I did. No, I told you I don't watch a ton of a, uh, a ton of reality yeah. TV. So there was a moment where I mean, basically the experiment is like you get to talk to a bunch of people, but you don't see them. Oh, pick which one you like, and then people get engaged, and that's when they get to see each other. And then all the engaged couples got to go on a trip so it's kind of similar to married at first sight in that they all go on like a couple's trip vacation yeah so during love is blind one of the girls really liked one of the guys but the guys ended up getting engaged to another girl and so when they all saw each other that girl really started flirting with the dude because she still wanted him and i that's gonna happen with brett like brett's gonna embarrass her He's oh going to flirt with somebody openly in front of her. And that's going to be a real ego destroyer. It's going to happen on the honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. going to be at the pool. Or he's going to see one of the girls when they all get together for their couple stuff. Oh, my gosh. It might even happen at the reception. Ew. <laughs> like a bridesmaid. <laughs> totally. Um, I, I'm going to give them a one. One out of oh. five. Definitely one. Yes. Um, Amani and Woody. Ugh. I think that they're going to start off good. Uh-huh. And I think that he's going to get nervous and he's going to feel like he doesn't want to be tied down. And yeah. she's going to be disappointed. I would say they're probably a one as well. Yeah. I'm going to give them a two just to be nice. <laughs> But I think I think he's going to be turned off by the fact that she's got herself together yes. and is really, like, invested. And I think he's going to still feel like he can do whatever he wants. Because yes. he said that earlier, like, oh, well, what if I just find a girl who's just, like, completely in line with me? Which is, like, what you should want, in theory, if you're a person who is actually mature and ready. But not when you just want a girl to let you do whatever the hell you want. Right. And she doesn't seem like she seems very no nonsense. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not here to play around. And especially given her past relationship, 
Um, she's going, she's going to have very high expectations for whoever she's with. And the minute that he starts to play, she's, I think she's going to shut it down. Totally. Completely. He's going to go out too late one night and that's just going to be all she wrote. Like, yep. that's it. Oh, she's going to um, be sitting up angry by the door, arms crossed. <laughs> exactly. Um, Christina and Henry. Ugh. I think my bad feelings for them are just because I think that they're so boring. Um, but I mean, maybe they'll just like being boring together. Um, I don't know. I would probably give them a two or a three just because I feel like they are probably looking for somebody that is like we were saying before, like more outgoing and more adventurous. And when they find that, like they're kind of both, sticks in the mud that they'll get over it really fast and just be done yeah I I worry that like he's too much of a nice guy for her like he's too like she's used to jerks yeah and he's not gonna be able to like break away from that like she's gonna think that he's too nice they should have put her with Brett (laughs) that's what she really wants I mean any relationship with Brett's going to end in disaster. So, I mean, Brett could just give her flowers and she would probably be 110% okay with that. (laughs) Her expectations, her, I mean, if flowers is your like litmus test, your expectations are low. Great. Poor thing. Thank you so much for doing this. This was a real treat. Thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah, tell everybody about your podcast and where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I have a podcast called Imperfect Strangers, and I do the show with my stranger friend. Uh, Her name is Melissa Beck. And if you were a teenager in the late 90s, early 2000s, and you were addicted to MTV like I was, you met Melissa on The Real World New Orleans And so our podcast is about two women getting to know each other we have never, ever met before. And so each uh, episode is a conversation where we find out that we have a lot of similarities, but the differences are numerous and often quite hilarious. They surely are. (laughs) You can can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, so we, uh, we have a special interactive Instagram story that goes live at midnight when our episodes drop on Fridays. Um, so that's always fun to follow along. And then we do a live at 7 PM Eastern standard time on Instagram, where we recap Friday's episode and talk to our audience about what their thoughts were, or usually they just kind of drive the train and talk about whatever the hell they want to talk about. And we just get a chance to chime in. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Your lives are one of the more entertaining ones that I see on Instagram. Oh, well, thank you so much. I have time to watch it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again. You have a great day. Thanks again. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.